0: Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Good morning, everyone. It's such a joy for Jill and me to be here with you. Uh, as Pastor Holly mentioned, Jill and I have, well, especially me, have deep roots in this community. My grandparents were part of this, this church and of course my parents also. So every time we come, it it feels a little bit like coming home. I was just thinking during the service, uh, during the worship part uh, of the service, about, I don't know if you know that Crossview, before it was Crossview actually, won the, not won, took second place, should have won, but we took second place in the National Bible Quizzing Tournament. I I don't know if you can still see the trophies around for that. I was a member of that uh, of that team, so fun memories uh, coming through. Uh, One of the questions, well, uh, yeah, one of the questions that that we are getting these days is, when are you going to go back to Asia? (laughs) And I wonder if you're in the know, (laughs) because we don't know when that's going to be. We long to, uh, to know, we, we long to be in Asia. We're so thankful for a lot of things. We're thankful for you, for partnering with us uh, to, to help us to be able to do the work that we're doing in Asia. These days, uh, Asia is opening and not opening. It's kind of back and forth in some ways, and uh, travel restrictions are there some Some ability to get back into Asia, but once you 're in Asia, you have to quarantine and Because our work is regional now, it means that we would travel to the different countries. but every time you travel to a new country, there you have to quarantine again and so at this at this time, it makes sense for us to to uh, s- uh, stay headquartered here in uh, in the u s and we 're living just over here in in south everett so it's uh, it's just a quick drive over to here. But I want to say thank you so much for partnering with us uh, that allows us to do what God has called us to do. So as I said, we're, we're being asked these days, when will you return to Asia? And we just wish we knew. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it the case so often when we think about our life, we, we want m- more information. We want more knowledge to know what comes next, and how, how do we make decisions? And, and sometimes, do you ever feel like this, that, that if I just knew more, I could make a better decision? If I just had this extra piece of information, I would know. And, and yet, the decision comes right now, and you make the best decision that you can at the time. You just think, I, and, and that's why we get this idea of uh, uh, 2020 hindsight vision, <laughs> if I'd only known then what I know now, you can do something different. But that's just a picture of these days, I think not just these days, but every day, where we long for knowledge. We want knowledge. And it seems like that it's getting harder and harder. The other day, Jill and I were uh, watching a news program and it talked about deep fake. H- have you heard about those? The deep fake? The deep fake are videos that never happened, but you can't tell. They look so lifelike, so real, that you can't. They, they take pictures of people who are speaking. I mean, they, 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 they capture uh, uh, videos of those, and they, they watch their mannerisms, they watch their, uh, their uh, phrasing and so forth, and then they Uh, run it through a computer software, and then they can type in anything that they want that person to say. And that person says it on the screen, and you can't tell. It's really, it's kind of scary when you think about it. Uh, But this is the challenge of knowledge uh, that, that we find ourselves in these days. And of course, Asians are also longing for knowledge. Asian people, just like us, they're longing for knowledge. If you look at this picture, this is a picture from a temple in Taiwan. And you you see the guy on the right? Right in front of him is, I I think it's best to call it a quiver. And there's poles inside there. And uh, I I saw this on a tour when I was on a layover in Taipei. And the tour guide talked about those quivers what those people do because they are longing for knowledge because they want to know how to make a good decision, and so what they do is they come and they come to this this little altar and they pray some kind of prayer to their deity and then they shake that quiver. Have you ever taken a a, a um, glass with with a straw in it and when you shake it a little bit the straw comes up it's something like that if you shake that quiver one of those one of those Rods will come higher than the others and they understand that that is the deity's way of telling them what, what rod is the right answer so they grab that one and it's got a little color code on the top and they come over to the right side off the screen here there's a big wall and they match up the color to all the possible answers so maybe, maybe their question is what should I do tomorrow uh, or should I, should I go into business tomorrow They come over there and they see, yes, go into business, or no, don't do this, or or, uh, yes, maybe, but find a different person, or something like that. They have all these answers that they get. And so we find that Asians, just like us, we want knowledge. We want knowledge because it gives us a sense of control over our future, a path toward peace for ourselves and for our loved ones. It's no different from Bible times, really. Remember the story in in Acts chapter 16, the story of the slave girl. You can see, oops, can we advance the slide one? There it is. Remember the slave girl uh, that was going around and, and telling people, and not going around, but but the people would come and ask for insight. Remember the slave girl that was following uh, uh, Paul and his, his companions and uh, crying out, this is someone you should listen to. And Paul was d- disturbed by that and turned around and cast out the demon from her. But that is a picture of what people were doing in those days, longing for knowledge. They wanted to have knowledge. And our passage today is also talking about knowledge. If you want to take out your Bibles I'll use my Bible right here. Uh, On uh, 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Beginning uh, chapter 1 of 2 Peter, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Verse 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that it has for us. Help us, Lord, to understand it and apply it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So we find in this, in this book, 2 Peter, one of the key ideas is the idea of knowledge. In fact, it is addressing, many scholars believe it is addressing a heresy of the early church known as Gnosticism. Gnosticism is the idea, uh, it's quite complex, but in, in simplest terms, it is the idea that there's a secret knowledge. And if you just get the secret knowledge, then you can be saved. And only people that are, they say, something like a divine spark inside can understand this, this secret knowledge. But it's somehow related to this idea of we want to know. We want to know things. But Second Peter is addressing this heresy. And knowledge is still important but it has to be the right kind of knowledge. And so we see in verse 2, grace and peace to you through knowledge of God. Through the knowledge of God. It's very interesting. Knowledge of God can be understood in, in several different ways. It seems so simple when you just say knowledge of God. Uh, we sing this uh, song from the, from the Psalms. Uh, uh, the joy of Thy salvation. Remember that song? The joy of thy salvation. When I was growing up, I thought, that's not right. It should be the joy of my salvation. I'm the one that's saved, right? But when we understand thy salvation, it means the salvation that you give, not the salvation that I receive. It's the same thing here. Knowledge of God, it can be knowledge that God has of us, God's knowledge about us. Or it can be our knowledge of God. God knows us. God knows us. God knows us so well that grace and peace result. It means to say that God knows us and he knows how things work, that he orchestrates things so that we can come to know him. Through his knowledge, he brings us into a relationship with him. God has given us, that is to say, FMWM Asia, a vision. Our vision for the work in Asia is to influence one million people toward Christ. We couldn't dream that up, I think. (laughs) That's too big for us. That's too big for us. But God, through his knowledge, first of all, he placed it into our heart to do that. And then he is in the business of helping us to help him <laughs> to accomplish this goal that He has given to us. Through His knowledge, God we, we believe, God will entrust to us one million people uh, that He is calling us to reach. And so an interesting example of, of how God is moving things to accomplish His purposes. Last spring, I was, I was uh, doing Zoom teaching. We had uh, 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 launched a mentor training program using Zoom. And each week, we were assigning the, the people, the participants, to practice something and then report back about it. And so week by week, we'd give uh, one assignment and talk about it. Well, one week the assignment was to the assignment was to witness for Christ. And so when I was explaining what I wanted the people to do, I thought, "Oh my goodness, this, in COVID days, how how do you how do you do that? You, you can't go out and and meet new people and tell them about Jesus in, in COVID days with all the lockdowns and everything." And I thought. I'll just make it easy for them. I will just tell them, you don't have to really do it. You just find somebody that you know online or something like that and you just role play. (laughs) You don't have to really do it. Well, I don't know exactly what happened, uh, if that didn't translate quite right or just what, but they didn't take my excuse that I gave them. (laughs) They did it. They went out and they reached out to new people and they told people about Jesus and people came to the Lord. (laughs) My faith was too small, but God through his knowledge orchestrated things that people would come to know him. What a wonderful thing that that was. So God knows us and he brings us grace and peace. But it's also true that our knowledge of God brings us to grace, and peace. Also, when we know him, we could say the more that we know about God, the more we see things from his perspective. Here's a picture of three people who are growing in their knowledge of God. (laughs) Uh, We have, of course, you recognize the person on the left. Uh, The person on the right, his name is uh, Pastor Mark Petaliar. He has been, we just found out last night, we were on a Zoom call with them last night. He's been uh, ministering for 15 years. It doesn't seem possible. But we've known him for about 12. 12 and a half? Yeah, about 12 and a half years. So uh, most of the time that he's been a pastor. But actually, he was a student in the seminary where we went to teach. He was just a a new student. And uh, we used to go he and I and another student, we'd go on walks in the morning. And he was so eager to learn more and more and more. To learn more, and he would always come with questions. I don't know if he stored them up and had them in his head or, or if they just came on the spur of the moment, but he would always ask questions. And it was so much fun to think things through with him. But to watch over these 12 and a half years, how he has grown in his knowledge of God, and how that has how that has uh, resulted in his effectiveness in ministry. These days, he is the conference superintendent of the Northern Philippine Conference, and doing a really marvelous job. He's such a such an effective leader. He he is attuned to the to the needs of the people, and how do you say, the f- holistic needs of the people, spiritual and physical and emotional. He's, he's working on those things. Uh, he told me, uh, was it last week or, or, or last last week, as we say in the Philippines, uh, that, uh, that he, he wants to impress upon the people that it's really important to share the good news with people. And he said, but I, I've never really done that very much. And he said, I need to do that. So he said, I began praying that God would open the doors for me to be able to share with people. And, and of course, God did. And he, he had a friend that came, and he said, let's go to uh, the mall, and, and we'll talk together. He brought his laptop. And he had a PowerPoint all set up, (laughs) ready to share the gospel. What a wonderful thing! He didn't tell me what the response was, but but this is just an example of of Mark, who is eager to grow in knowledge of God, and how that has brought about a great transformation in his life, to the place where he is so effective. We also see in verses 5 to 7 the place that knowledge has, the place that knowledge ought to have in our spiritual life. In fact, we see a sequence of spiritual growth. We see faith comes to goodness. Goodness comes to knowledge. You see, knowledge is not the beginning of the process. We could say, going back to the idea, the background of of 2 Peter, that's where things break down because in their false doctrine, knowledge is where everything starts. But it's not the case. Faith, then goodness, then knowledge, then self-control, then perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. We can see that knowledge is important. It's there in this long sequence but it is neither the beginning nor the end of the process. It ends in love. The love, uh, there is a very familiar word, agape, agape love. Agape love, by the way, includes hospitality. Uh, This is a picture of a boodle fight. Have you ever heard of a boodle fight? A Boodle fight, I don't know all of the background and even where that word comes from except that it seems to be connected to military. From what I have understood that this is a military practice in origin. But you can see how it works. There is a common table and the food is just placed on the table. These are banana leaves, by the way, that the food is placed on and everybody just reaches in no, no utensils, no forks and, and knives. Some people are not so comfortable with that. But, but, and maybe not these days, in COVID days, I don't know. But you, you take and you eat. And it's a beautiful picture of what we, what we know in our heads. That when we eat in common, we are part of one another. But here, that is, that is highlighted and emphasized. That you're all taking from the one table. That's a beautiful picture of, of loving because we are all part of one another. Hospitality is, uh, is very much appreciated and practiced in Asia. It's one of the characteristics, we might even say, of Asian cultures, of, of eating together and looking out for one another. Agape love is like... Uh, is like the biblical idea of peace where we actively seek the welfare of others. Not just if they happen to come our way, we'll be nice to them, but going out of our way to make them feel, uh, to, to make them feel loved. In Asia these days, we are l- uh, building up leaders in a process we call Gethsemane Leadership Training. Gethsemane leadership training is a process for spiritual growth of our leaders in Asia. We begin with, with modules, training modules. You can say that we're, we're looking at knowledge. So ministers, leaders need to have certain uh, competence in terms of how much knowledge they have. And so we have modules that we're using to help uh, our emerging leaders to become uh, effective ministers. We're working on uh, scaling up. So if you think about one million Asians influenced toward Christ that the Lord has placed on our heart, how are you going to disciple those million people? Well, we have a, a, a long church history of how to do that, huh? Put them in churches. Just like here at Crossway, you have a discipleship process, right? So you need the people to be in churches so that they can, so that they can receive the discipleship. But wait a minute, how many churches do we need? Huh? One million, you're not going to have a million-person church. One church is not enough, right? So think about that. If the average size of a church is, plus or minus, about 100 people. 1 million divided by 100 people makes 10,000. 10,000. We need 10,000 new churches in Asia. And who are going to pastor those 10,000 churches? Well, we need at least one pastor for all those churches, right? So, at least one, I should say. So we need 10,000 new leaders, both to reach and to disciple those million people, so it's a matter of scale. How are we going to, how are we going to, to raise up ten thousand leaders? Well, to uh, to to tackle that difficult that scale goal, we're deploying video training, and we'll use uh, moderators to build the discussion based on those videos. So what we're doing, we've got 12 core modules. Somebody's gonna do the math for me, right? We've got 12 core modules, and we're, we want to have about 24 videos in each of those. We want to have just brief videos, about 10 minutes each, so that they're easy to download. If they get too long, well, People get Zoom fatigue and that kind of stuff, but also it's hard to download. And so, 10 minutes, uh, so 10-minute videos, 24 of them per module, 12 modules. But guess what? There are many, many, many languages in Asia. <laughs> we're we're targeting six. So 24 videos times 12 modules times six languages makes what? A bunch, (laughs) a bunch, a bunch of videos that we are working on. But you know, knowledge is not the end of everything, as we've seen. It's just part of that process. And that process is a process of obedience. Spiritual growth is all about obeying Christ. And that's why we call it Gethsemane Leadership Training. Gethsemane, as you know, Gethsemane is the place where Jesus demonstrated his obedience to the Father. I mean, he he obeyed his whole life. But that was the the crux of the matter, right there in Gethsemane. And so we we want to emphasize, in our leadership training, it's all about obeying Christ. Obeying, obeying him. And if you think about it also, Twelve modules is not enough to fully train an effective minister. We also need a process of mentoring. Mentoring people. I mentioned earlier about the mentoring training. That's part of this. Mentoring people so that they can get everything that they need to be effective ministers. I have a picture here of Pastor Lim. Pastor Lim is our Gethsemane leadership training director, GLT director for Cambodia, just recently named. He is, uh, this is his son, by the way. He is currently a student uh, in seminary pursuing his MDiv, but he is passionate about raising up leaders. He feels called by God to raise up leaders. And now he is in the process of helping us in Cambodia to raise up leaders. He is uh, uh, he's beginning to lead. We have monthly, monthly meetings for mentors to help them to grow in their ability. You know, it's a sad thing. Very few pastors in Asia, but I think anywhere, have the, have the, uh, the privilege of experiencing mentoring for themselves. They are maybe trained in knowledge and skills, but mentoring is often lacking. And so we need to help existing leaders to know how to mentor the others. And so uh, Pastor Lim is helping us with this. Uh, We have monthly meetings, and last month I wasn't able to attend the meeting. I've been leading them these last months uh, since we started doing this. But I said to Pastor Lim, can you lead it this time, since I can't be there? And he, was, he said, oh, I'm very nervous. What do I do? And I said, well, do this, 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 this. But he's able to help us in these ways. He's also helping with the development of the videos that I mentioned. The first video that we have uh, ready to go is just ready this month, and it's in the Cambodian language uh, through his help. And so we see the importance of knowledge within the context of spiritual growth. What does it mean for us? What does it mean for us at Crossview Church? It means that knowledge needs to be important, but the right kind of knowledge. My friends, pursue knowledge of God. Huh? Learn everything you can about God. Learn To see the world from God's perspective. See things the way that he sees things. In all of the confusion of our day. In all of the challenges to knowledge. And even the deep fakes that I mentioned earlier. One thing is sure. That God knows the beginning from the end. As scripture says. And as we see things from his perspective. Then. We can live our lives according to his purposes in his grace and peace. But when we see the world from his perspective, it means we need to be a part of what he's doing. A million Asians, Does, does that capture you like it captures us? Maybe God is calling you to be a part of reaching one million Asians for Christ. How can you do that? Well, there's several ways. First way is send, and you're doing that. You're sending Jill and me and Eric and Virginia who are here with us today also, and and others. Thank you again. Thank you for doing that. And continue doing that more and more to send people, but also going. (laughs) Maybe God is calling some of you to go. Now, you can influence Asians toward Christ right here. Maybe it's just going across the street because there are Asians in our midst. Right? Just, just here. Or, or maybe it does mean going across the ocean. Maybe not today. But when the, when the, the uh, travel situation opens up again, think about what God is calling you to do. As you know Him and His vision for the world. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for calling us to be a part of what you are doing. Thank you for opening our eyes to know you and to be known by you too. Help us, Lord, to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.